0: The Gadget Guide on Cambridge 105 Radio. Thanks very much to Lucy for the last couple of hours. Welcome to The Gadget Guide. Yeah,
1: welcome to Gadget Guide show number 236 with the latest tech news. And then we'll talk passwords,
0: multi-factor authentication and online security. Cambridge 105 Radio, where you're listening to The Gadget Guide. And it's time take a look first of all at this week's technology news and of course it's halloween season so uh we'll uh we'll, we'll start off with something a little bit uh, a little bit fun for that especially if you've got some of the amazon echo devices
1: yeah and, i thought that uh, this one well, sounded quite fun if you fun do have if you've got those yeah, go <laughs> uh, so if you've got your amazon echo device Devices. I normally called Alex A. We will pronounce her incorrectly so that we don't wake everyone's devices up. Uh, you can get your device to play along with some Halloween fun this year. Uh, so to do, say Alex A. Enable Halloween routine. Once you've enabled the routine, Ooh. you can then say start start Halloween, and uh, then you can ask it to uh, trick or treat.
0: I d- does it give you uh, does it give you chocolates or do you have to? Uh- you have to give it chocolates to uh to this happen i haven't done mine yet, <laughs> uh, okay. I'm brave I've, enough uh, yet. likewise uh, now i've got uh got a couple of them dotted around the uh around the house but uh i i think probably the uh the recipe suggestions that it might give you are probably the uh the the better option there um rather than trying to uh <laughs> try trying to indulge in some of the uh, well frankly terrible looking jokes that uh, that it seems to be coming up with uh but yes if you do want a little bit of fun then uh you can ask for halloween essentials or halloween jokes or all that sort of uh thing as well as uh, as well as recipe suggestions yes yes there's
1: certainly some interesting options there anyway as we've been hearing in the main news uh, instagram appears to be down
0: Yes, that's uh, it. It's sort of notable that these services do make uh, kind of headline news once uh, uh, when they go down. Uh, we had similar things, of course, with uh, with Facebook and Twitter and uh, uh, and so on. Uh, I I do like the fact that Instagram took to Twitter to say that they were having a little bit. Of, no doubt, it'll be uh, be back up very soon. Um, but uh, in the meantime, yeah, always a good time to, uh, to to have a look for other sources of cat videos. I'm sure uh, I'm sure you'll probably find plenty of them floating around on different social media networks, yes. perhaps for not quite all as updates, well filtered. Just
1: fo- follow their main Twitter account, Instagram comms, C-O-M-M-S. That will be where they will post updates on problems the service. They are fully aware of it and have said that they apologise for the inconvenience. Uh, of course, this comes a week after uh, WhatsApp was down, both of them being part of the meta group uh, that them there, what was Facebook. Yes, uh,
0: and of course it's uh, it's not just the, the service, uh, the social media networks that have had problems. We uh, uh, saw a number of problems with, uh, with BT's internet uh, service earlier today. Um, a number of people reporting that they couldn't get to uh, various sites, including Zoom, uh, which of course, if you're uh, if you're still working from home some of the time, is uh, <laughs> is a pretty big deal. And uh, suddenly, around uh, around lunchtime, we had a, a large number of people say, uh, "I'm not sure I'm going to make it to the uh, to the afternoon's meetings. So uh, that one seems to have uh, worked itself out now, but it does uh, serve as a reminder right? that uh, that we're all very very dependent on the internet nowadays.
1: And, of course, one place to always check to see how things are doing is Down Detector, which is brought to you by the same crowd who brought you Speed Test, uh, Ookla. So, downdetector.co.uk, which will give you an idea. You can search for whether a service has been reported down, but they also flag all of the ones that are having issues
0: on their front page. Spike, of course. Yeah, uh, and similarly, there's uh, another website, Down for Everyone not Just Me. Which, uh, if you're not sure if a website's working, whether it's your internet connection that's uh, that's the problem uh, for uh, for down for everybody or, or just me, and then put the uh, put the website in, uh, then it'll give you an idea of whether that website is reachable from a different internet connection, and therefore whether it's your your internet that's at fault um, or, uh, or or the, the website itself. So definitely worth uh, a quick search if you are having problems connecting to something.
1: Yes. Now, staying in the uh, world of social media and Twitter, uh, Elon Musk has uh, dissolved Twitter's nine-person board of directors, become its sole director. Of course, there is talk that he will have a new board probably in a week or so because you pretty much can't run a company with a board of directors, but they'll be his choice of directors. Uh, other things he's been saying he might bring back, he might bring back. Uh, Vine to try to compete with TikTok. Vine was uh, Twitter's foray into short video
0: clips. And he might unban ex-presidents. Yeah, this this has caused quite a a bit of discussion on the internet, as you can probably imagine. Um, uh, And the direction he seems to be suggesting at the moment is effectively that it won't be a, a complete free for all it won't be a, a sort of absolutely anything goes but it will try to uh, align what is legal uh, with what is allowed so if if speech if, you know if something you're saying is legal then it will be fair game uh, even if that is uh, what might be considered harmful or disinformation or similar uh, so i i i think it's it's certainly a substantial change from the way that many of the social media networks have been going in the last uh the the last couple of years with the privacy and uh what they have been doing of um yeah the, the very real world of advertiser revenue if uh, if he does try to push it uh, push it too far away from where it is at the moment he might find that uh, some of the advertisers actually start voting with their uh, their dollars and pounds um and sort of say actually you know what this isn't the kind of content that we want our brands to be associated with so i, I think very much watch this space on that on a lot of that content yes moving into the world of
1: gaming uh, electronic arts and marvel have partnered for a three-game deal so electronic arts um will be uh producing the first game an iron man game uh, marvel haven't yet announced what the following two games will be but uh, should be quite interesting to see what that collaboration does and, uh, sticking in the world of gaming, uh, Microsoft have actually made an interesting statement because they're uh, acquiring Activision at the moment, 60odd uh, billion dollars uh, worth of acquisition, 68 billion dollars worth. Uh, they have uh, of course got uh, coming into the fold then Call of Duty, one of uh, Activision's flagship products, and Microsoft have promised that Call of Duty will be available on PlayStation for as long as PlayStation exists.
0: Uh, this has uh, been a, a sort of ongoing, <laughs> ongoing saga, really, with that uh, that acquisition. It's been on the cards now, probably for over a year. I want to say, um, we certainly seem to have been talking about it for uh, for quite a long while. Um, uh, and of course, there's all kind of competition uh, investigations being being rooted in that area. You know, we, we've seen a lot of mergers of game studios, games publishers. Uh, uh, and of course, the console manufacturers. So, I, I think for for Microsoft to acquire one of these large uh, studios, given that they're also a major player in the console market, and a lot of active titles do exist on other platforms at the moment. Yeah, what's what's they going to do to consumer choice? I think there's a lot of uh, uh, a lot of work still to to be done there. I think that these sorts of reassurances, saying no, you you're all right. <laughs> the content that exists at the moment is still going to be on all the platforms uh, that you expected to play it on. I think are probably going to be uh, helping to move that uh, that deal along.
1: Yes, and uh, in the world of um, gaming, it's not uh, not usual that you find a gaming studio being <laughs> being sued. By a furniture company, and uh, this is uh, the, uh, gaming studio, uh, called, what, the gaming studio called what's the gaming? Their Kickstarter studio. Uh, anyway, the game is the store is closed, and IKEA have hit them with a cease and desist letter, saying that they have ten days to change the game and remove anything that looks like IKEA, uh, because the fictional and uh, uh, in very very much in quotes fictional store is big blue and has a big yellow logo
0: yes and I, I think if you look at the uh the the sort of screenshots taken from the games trailer i think it's pretty clear where that uh where that inspiration came from <laughs> um whilst it uh, it doesn't say ikea it's s-t-y-r um the the sort of the depiction is still very much influenced by uh the the big box shaped store um and i i think it's probably a, a pretty strong claim that uh, that a reasonable person would would link the two. Um, whether that actually turns into uh, into something that IKEA can to be doing harm to their brand, I, I I think that's one definitely for the lawyers and uh, and the legal proceedings. I I would imagine it's the sort of thing that some agreement will be reached in uh, in some form rather than uh, it actually going all court and uh, and ending up in a judgment i i suspect this one will be negotiated outside of the courtroom and uh, maybe it'll turn a, a red building with uh, with green letters instead of a uh, doesn't everyone will go away happy
1: just trying to think if home base will take offense to that uh, i think and that may uh, anyway, <laughs> i know maybe be in cube anyway
0: i picked the colors at random <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, anyone who uses Photoshop is possibly in for a bit of a uh, a shock if they open uh, an existing file that has used Pantone Colours. Pantone, of course, being the colour catalogue company that have 15,000 colours in their catalogue, all with uh, unique names. Uh, Pantone are putting their colour catalogue behind a paywall and basically Adobe will have to turn anything that's using those colours black in
0: an image that you might open. Uh, th- yeah, this surprised me, and I guess this is maybe the um, uh, one of the the costs of subscription uh, software, rather than perpetual licenses. Uh, if you've still got one of the old versions of uh, of the Creative Suite from before they went uh, per uh, to the subscription model, then whatever you bought at that point will continue working on that version. Um, the problem is if you've got the subscription licensing. Uh, then all of those licenses are time-bound, uh, and they can be changed. And normally, that's done to give you new features and shiny things and uh, new products. Uh, in this case, it, it can also uh, also mean that uh, you sort of get a little bit stuffed when the 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 vendor and uh, their partners don't quite see eye to eye. I I have to say, I suspect this may be a little bit like the situation where Amazon said that they were going to um, uh, stop. Visa or MasterCard? One of the two. I wonder if it's going to be the same thing with uh, with. Pantone and Adobe. And again, they'll come to, to some agreements so, in due course. So Pantone
1: Connect costs $60 a year or $8 a month if you're doing the monthly licensing. And previously that was licensed by the developers who used Pantone in their products like Adobe. And Adobe have now basically said, well, they can't absorb that cost anymore. So... Um, yeah, it does mean that anyone who actually is really dependent on it can just license Pantone Connect, and you'll probably find most ad agencies and and print shops that will need it will just go and be done with the problem. But uh, I guess it might uh, might impact the and designers and and businesses.
0: Yeah. Yes, I think it's definitely uh, definitely. That. We're going to be talking about password managers. What are they? Why should you use one?
2: Cambridge 105 Radio. Tuesday nights on Cambridge 105 Radio, Gary Blue plays blues the old fashioned way, remembering the history of the music and its fascinating stories.
1: Furry Lewis was born in 1893, and apparently he gained the nickname Furry because as a child he refused to get his hair cut.
2: The Blue Show with Gary Blue, Tuesday at 11 p.m. on Cambridge 105 Radio. Listen live on Radio Player. There's something for everyone at Cambridge's most exciting venue, the Town and Gown Pub and Theatre, housed on Market Passage in the Old Art Cinema building. The Town and Gown combines a pub experience. With a theatre experience. We host the best of professional fringe, cabaret, and comedy nights in our intimate 100 seater theatre. The up close and personal kind of performances that create a truly unique experience. Our menu is contemporary British pub food, featuring pub classics and international twists on British comfort food. We offer casual dining in our main bar, formal dining in our dining areas, and a pre theatre dining package for theatre goers. To check out our menus and programme of theatre and events, visit townandgown.co.uk. Or better still, just pop in and see us on Market Passage.
1: CKLG Accountants are a friendly team of accountants and tax advisors with big firm expertise.
2: I'm Sarah, one of CKLG's friendly tax advisors. Creating and preserving wealth is an aspiration for many of our clients. In our complex world of changing legislation and family circumstances, we listen and provide you and your family with bespoke tax advice tailored to your needs. To find out more, call us on Cambridge 810100 to arrange an initial chat with one of our specialists. Or visit our website, cklg.co.uk. CKLG Accountants, your partner in business, your partner in life.
0: Cambridge
2: 105 Radio.
0: And there we go, that's probably a a little bit better. Uh, You're listening to The Gadget Guide here on Cambridge 105 Radio. Uh, Robin Lawrence here talking about password managers. And it's something we've we've spoken about a little bit before, uh, but not for quite a while. And security is something that is always in the news with either someone getting compromised or or something like that. So something to look after all your... Yes.
1: I think that's critical thing number one is more than one. But yes, somewhere you can store all your passwords so that you don't have to remember them all and that makes it easy to actually have multiple passwords. So it needs to be able to retrieve them quickly, put them into password entry boxes and so on in the application you're using and make it so that you can actually have a stronger password but not actually worrying about remembering all those strong passwords
0: yeah and and that's the thing is, is we we say you need more than one password really you want a different password for every website or, or service that uses the password it it means you n- basically never using the same password in more than one place and you we sort of say that and to start with it might sound hang on how how do I do that I can't possibly remember all of those passwords Uh, and that's kind of the point of password managers is that it means you never need to remember those passwords because you never you never even see them do you it it can literally just be uh, a random set of 20 characters that you never have to type in you never have to look at you definitely definitely have never have to remember and that means suddenly it doesn't matter that you're using a different password for every website uh, because you're not even uh, you're not even seeing that or, or being involved in the process.
1: Yes, because who's going to remember exclamation f eight v e exclamation at eight w hash q? Whoa! How did you know my eight. Twitter password? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, you know strong passwords are not going to be things that anyone in their right mind can remember, um, especially when they get that complicated. So. Where can you start? I guess starting from your web browser, and this is if you're using Chrome, Firefox, Safari, Microsoft Edge, basically any of the leading uh, web browsers these days, they all have a built-in password manager.
0: Yep, and that's, to be honest, that's a pretty good place to start. Um, Most of those browsers will also help synchronize your passwords between different devices. Uh, So for example, if you're using Chrome on your Windows machine, and also Chrome on your Android mobile phone, then you can synchronize your saved passwords uh i think some people might be worried to start with when the sort of helpful looking box pops up and says oh do you want to save this password um you know is is that secure is that something they should be happy to do Uh, and generally yes if that helps you choose better passwords if it helps you uh not have to remember a a password that you then go and reuse on lots of different sites um then yes, it's better to save it in your uh, in your browser than it is to use a worse password and not uh, not save it.
1: Yes, now a lot of browsers are now also suggesting strong passwords. So when you get a box that says, you need to register for this website or to create an account on the this, this site before you check out, a lot of web browsers will suggest you a nice strong password that you're gonna look at it as just a string of letters and numbers that means nothing to anyone. And that's quite useful because it means that you're already starting to have a different password for that website and if it's generating it and saving it for you basically
0: that's job done to start with yep uh, and it's worth saying that this isn't just for the the passwords you really really care about so I mean, we we all have services that uh, you probably think of as more valuable maybe your email your bank account that sort of thing uh, but even for the the sites that you think don't matter. You know, the, the ones where it's, like, oh, well, if someone hacks my, uh, I don't know, you know sir, some games website, it doesn't matter, does it? Um, at, actually, it, it sort of does, because a lot of those little nothing websites, if they then get hacked themselves later on, then an attacker will take the passwords that they've got out of those little nothing, not very important websites, and then try reusing them on the things that do matter. So they'll yes. try reusing it against your bank account or your social media or your email or that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, by the time you start doing good password practice, you might as well set a, a good, unique password for all of those accounts that you don't care about. Because it's just as easy as as, as using a, a bad password that you use over and over again.
1: Yeah. Now, I know a lot of people might think, "Mm, do I really want to set a strong password on my Amazon account because I need to sign in to Prime Video on a a TV stick of some sort, or my smart TV? Do I want to set a strong password on Netflix for the same reason, on Disney Plus for the same reason? Now, a lot of the TV services, and and we can also then include um, ITV Hub or 4, BBC, have now got easy sign-in for those sort of devices. So even if you have a strong password set for your uh, streaming service, what you can do is when you go to that service on your smart device, smart TV or streaming TV stick is they will have a sign-in option that basically prompts you to go to your PC where you've got your saved password, sign into that streaming services platform and then enter a code that the TV will be displaying that then signs you in and all of the magic happens with that long complicated password in the background. Uh, it does mean if, it makes it difficult to share that Netflix password with the 300 other people sharing it.
0: <laughs> uh, of course, the, um, uh, the the other side of that that we've seen with a lot of the, the social media and messaging platforms is the likes of WhatsApp and Telegram. If you want to sign in on a desktop or a, a tablet web browser, then it'll say, hey, here's a QR code, scan this with your phone and that will do the, the sign-in for you. So, again, that, that can be a, a little bit of a technique that avoids you having to type those uh, those passwords in on, on devices that don't have maybe a full keyboard.
1: Yeah, trying to think, one of the streaming TV services could offer me a QR code for sign-in as well, which worked. So, yes, other ways to sign-in so don't be afraid of long passwords and, and thinking that it might be difficult to actually enter them in strange places like your TV. So password managers beyond the one in your browser some things to look for in a good password manager first of all where does it store the passwords that are saved and how is that encrypted so we're looking for something that's actually encrypting that file so even if someone managed to steal your computer they couldn't decrypt that file because what your password manager is going to want to do is let you sign in to your password manager okay so this Uh, is going to be a strong long password but one that you can actually remember and type yes this
0: easily. is this is the what I, I was going to say the one password you need to remember you probably need to remember i would say probably two passwords may, maybe three uh but it's of that kind of number because of course you need to be able to unlock your computer um yep. in the first place and maybe you can do that with a fingerprint or face recognition as well but you probably want a, a password that that you do remember and uh uh keep separate from everything else and then yes you need to be able to get into your password manager um and, and you once probably you've want gotten-
1: a, a strong password that you can remember to get into your email yes
0: yeah but,
1: I, but <laughs> I, i'm just trying to, to think secure about it. your email with a a secondary authentication
0: Yes i we'll, we'll come on so, to that in a bit I I don't I don't think I know my, my Gmail password. <laughs> it's been so long I, since I've used it. That, uh, I, I'm
1: trying to think if I know my. I don't think I know mine either, or my Office 365 account um, password, because, yeah, that, that also has a strong password. I think I'd have to open my password manager if something prompted me to type it in manually and sit so there copying 20 characters across. Uh, anyway, so encryption of the local password store, quite important because we're securing the password manager with a password. Yep. We're looking for ways of doing that secondary security, which we'll come on to in a bit. The prompting and creation of strong passwords and automatically saving them. So if you're visiting a new website to buy something from and it creates your password, you wanted to save those credentials for you without you having to go and do extra work. And then possibly looking at all your saved passwords and going, hey, you've used this password before, would you like to actually fix that?
0: Yes. Uh, And extending from that a little bit, there's also um, the alerting when you're using a password that might have been involved in a data breach. So if you've used a password in the past, even if it was a good password, but the site or the service that you've used it on has then been compromised, um, there are databases of known compromises in the past. And then it can flag up, hey, look, you said that you were going to use this password, but we've seen that this is in the hands of the attackers through some means. It might not even have been your account, but someone has used that password and it's been compromised. Um, that's now on the list of passwords that attackers tend to use. Um, maybe pick another one. So yes. again, that's that's quite a nice integration which we're tending to see now in a lot of the, uh, the password managers. So maybe we should talk about some password managers that you could choose. Yep, and we'll start nice and simple, nice and free. Um, And that's with KeePass. That's K-E-E-P-A-S-S, KeePass.info. This is free. It's open source and it works on a variety of different platforms. So uh, Windows and Linux and Mac and Android phones. I don't know if they've got an iphone version at the moment i've I've not Uh, actually tried
1: to run it there's an unofficial port so someone has basically because it's open source the source code is available for developers to look at and improve so there are keypass ports available for iphone and ipad and mac os yeah um away from the official distribution
0: i i use keypass myself um and i would say on its on its strengths it is free yeah you can just go and and get it, you can download it. Um, on either a strength or a weakness, depending on how you look at it, um, it doesn't do any synchronization itself. So it will save you a key pass database file on your computer or on your mobile device. And if you want to use that from more than one device, that is your problem. Um, if you want to back it up, because of course, if you if you have got all your passwords saved somewhere in a password manager and you you can't remember them, you really want to man- make sure that you don't lose all of those because that would be a bit of a bit of a tragedy. Um, so, backup is your problem. Synchronization is your problem. Now, both of those can be solved with something like Dropbox or Google Drive because it's just a file, um, but it does mean that it's not quite as a sort of all-in-one solution as some of the other offerings.
1: Yes, and of course you could you could use OneDrive as well, which you probably have free anyway. You could use Apple's iCloud, basically anything like that that you
0: that moves files use around. Already.
1: However, make sure that that repository that you're using to shit to synchronize your password file has a strong password.
0: It, <laughs> Yes, to a degree, but it's not too critical because you will use that uh, that, that overall password for your password manager. Yes. So theoretically, if someone got hold of your KeePass database file, unless they also had your KeePass password, that would be useless to them. So right. you, you should keep that as a, as a general principle. You should, of course, keep that uh, uh, file sharing um, or file synchronization service well secured. But it's not the end of the world if someone gets hold of it.
1: Yeah. Now, can you uh, use a secondary security option for KeyPass?
0: Yes, but again, it's sort of not as well integrated. Right. Um, so, some of the other services that we'll look at in a sec, um, it's just a sort of couple of clicks to to set it up. KeyPass. There are plugins, there are extensions that do this sort of thing. Okay. Um, because but it's, it's open not kind developers of
1: developers have been able to build add-ons I- exactly. But it's not sort
0: of ready to go out of the box.
1: Cool. Uh, Next, we'll move on to LastPass. Now, I use this one. Uh, I know LastPass had a bit of bad press when they had a breach, but they did come clean on the breach and and basically said what was breached. It was source code that was breached and that nothing that was stolen could be used to compromise customers' accounts. Quite important sort of statement that. Anyway, um, LastPass has a free offering. The free offering is one user on one device. So, basically, you can't synchronize anything. Um, But... The free option gets you a good opportunity to play with the tool see how it works have it generate you secure passwords and get an idea for it lastpass.com for the website now the paid for plans worth looking at if you do have multiple devices because then it will synchronize across everything your phone your pc your work piece if you want as well um and basically seamlessly and instantly so as soon as you've set a password on one device that's available on every other device It's, it's very quick But they also do some of that dark web monitoring to see if passwords have been compromised but you start to get a few extra things that that are useful you get tech support so if you have a problem with your password system they will help you and you also get a gigabyte of encrypted file storage it's not very much but it could be a useful amount to store those really important documents like a a scan of your passport your driver's license those sort of bits of information that are quite useful to have securely somewhere uh, £2.60 a month per single user, although the best value is the family plan at £3.40 per month, which lets you have six people on the account. They call it a family plan. You don't need to live together. You don't need to have the same surname. So if you've got six mates... Yep, get, get <laughs> and together. And agree us, what, to 50, all 50 pence a month each. Exactly. Um, you don't get to see each other's passwords. Everyone has their own encrypted vault, so it is six encrypted vaults. It's just one billing plan now a couple of the nice things that they also have in the paid for plan is what happens to your passwords if you are no longer around or able to access them for any reason so say for instance you had a horrific accident you're lying in hospital and someone needs to be able to access your accounts and deal with your life for you for a bit you can set last pass to Allow someone access after a certain period of time. They can request access, and the system will then ping you a message going, uh, "Fred would like access to you. you've you
0: yeah, nominated pre, you've Fred set as
1: this an up access in advance." Yeah, yeah, you do all this in advance, and basically, if you don't respond within a set period of time, that you can set this. So, if you don't respond in a week, it will then unlock your last pass for that nominated person to actually look after your password so it can be quite useful for that sort of thing
0: honestly I, I, I think this is something that we don't pay enough attention to at the moment as more and more stuff gets tied up in our digital lives that sort of what happens in my legacy is a really important thing to consider And i think it's it's great that LastPass are, are, are doing this a few other uh, services are as well google are i think facebook do yeah. um uh, as well and i think is it's that striking that balance between you want it to be secure such that if you have a falling out with someone you know maybe you've nominated a partner and you you split up you don't want them to be able to take over your account uh maliciously but at the same time if something does happen it's going to be an incredibly stressful time uh for for them they need to be able to get at that stuff and i I think that's going to become more and more important with things like uh, uh, sort of banking and finance management increasingly go going app based um, if you haven't got the app, if you haven't got the credentials, how do you deal with that part of somebody's financial estate? Is Exactly. It, it's definitely and like a I said, problem. that
1: you, you don't have to be dead to need someone else. No, no, no. Like I said, you could be lying unconscious in hospital for several weeks and, and you need people to be able to sort out your life for you. So yes, that digital legacy doesn't have to mean that you are actually no longer entirely around. A couple of other things that are quite useful in the premium edition, one-to-one sharing. So in other words, being able to share that one password with a trusted family member or friend, as well as one-to-many sharing. So you can share it with several people all of that done securely through the interface so even if the password updates everyone gets updated and, with it. And so. that's the important bit, yeah, Yeah.
0: definitely. Yeah. Uh, another option if you uh, LastPass isn't for you, Bitwarden uh, is another one, and the, this, I, I think this started as an open source offering if I remember it's correctly. It's still open yep.
1: source but they have got paid for offerings which give you a few more uh, add-ons that basically make it a bit more useful for multiple devices and that sort of environment where you want to be able to synchronize things so uh, it gives you that multiple uh, synchronizer gives you the advanced multi-factor authentication which we'll come to in a bit, uh, the emergency access for a nominated person uh, and security
0: reports and so on as well. Yep, so you, it's one of these things where you can just go and download the source code and, uh, uh, and run it yourself. Um, Alternatively, you can pay them a reasonably small amount. Um, their personal plans, uh, again, start from uh, just a, a few pounds a month, $10 billed annually, so call it £10, um, to get their premium uh, premium plan. That is a sufficiently small amount of money that yeah. I would say it's not worth the hassle of you trying to run it yourself. Family uh, plan very get much that. the
1: same sort of pricing as LastPass as well, which gets you six accounts and, uh, yeah, that sort of... Uh, thing, although um, a little bit more interesting, slightly more storage available um, in their plan, secure storage,
0: that is. Yeah, Uh, let's take a quick break. And then we'll be back and talking about two factor authentication or multi factor authentication. And we've been talking password managers, that is half the story or one factor. Uh, We're now going to talk two factor authentication. And this is normally something that's, well, it it started off as something you'd have on your most secure accounts and your most critical accounts. And now it's becoming more and more, well, ubiquitous, really. Um, Social media, email is is probably, if you're going to go out and enable two-factor authentication on one thing after listening to this program, turn it on on your email account whether that's Gmail or Hotmail or Outlook or whatever you use, if you can turn two-factor authentication on on your email account, go and do that right now.
1: Yeah, very easy to find out how to just search for multi-factor or two-factor, MFA or 2FA, uh, and your provider. So if you search for Gmail 2FA or Hotmail 2FA or whatever your mail platform is, all of the vendors will provide you the how-to and where to go to do it. Now, beside your email, do it to your social media. So your Facebook, your Twitter, your Instagram, where your Instagram should tie to Facebook um, and all of those accounts as well. Hopefully you've done it for, well, your bank probably has it already because your bank might ping you a thing to uh, confirm that you're logging into your bank, or you might have a dongle of some sort that you plug in or you generate a code on it to log into your bank accounts. But, You might want to make sure that you've turned on 2FA for things like PayPal, Um, just trying to think other payment services. If you've got any crypto accounts, do it on those as well. And
0: and what what 2FA means is that it's going to ask you for two different bits of proof that you are you. And what that normally means is something you know, and something you have. So something you know might be a password. And even if it's something your password manager knows that counts because you've logged into your password manager Um, and then there's something you have might be your phone so uh, a fairly old way of doing uh two-factor authentication is to receive a text message because that means that um someone wanting to log into your account has to have the phone that can receive that text message yeah access to the phone that, that can receive that text message more services now moving to a kind of device or app based uh, log in rather than text messages because text messages can can be compromised not not from a technical point of view but the normal attack is somebody goes into your mobile phone provider's shop and say oh I've lost my SIM card I need a yes. new one I'm uh, I'm Lawrence Mikalev. Uh and and sometimes they don't necessarily do as many checks as they could uh, before <laughs> giving one of those out yes um, so now you know if if you log into a service it might say oh we know that you're already logged in on your phone please go over to your phone and confirm on that that you're trying to log in. Um, or, you know, go to the web browser uh, on your PC that you're already logged in, go and confirm the login on that. So that that's a sort of more modern way that we're tending to see 2FA happen. Um, and I suspect that'll, that'll be more and more the case. Yes, also we
1: sometimes see emailed codes and that's just as good because... Hopefully you've secured that email account so you might get sent a, a one-time password in your email as well. Other things is authentication apps, so Google Authenticator or what's more prevalent in multi-platform is Authy, uh, A-U-T-H-Y, uh, Authy is quite, uh, quite nice because it does exactly the same thing as Google Authenticator, however, allows you to synchronize it across multiple devices. So You can have Authy installed in a couple of places, obviously securing Authy itself, um, but it also means that it's easier to move to another phone. I know Google Authenticator has made it a bit easier to move to phone. finally got the backup thing, yes. <laughs> but Authy is a little bit more flexible in that you can have a backup copy running on
0: something else just in case you destroy your phone and then you're locked out. Now, we're seeing more and more password managers, yes, coming back to the password manager thing, also supporting uh, two-factor Authenticator. Uh authentication for sites that you're logging into so that means you might have seen on things like google authenticator it'll say hey if you want to log into to to google type the six character uh code in now you build that into your password manager, so it'll say, "Right, here's the password you need, and here's the code that you need at the moment." Um, that can be particularly useful if you're sharing um, a password. Not something we'd normally recommend, but sometimes it's it's essential. Um, that what means, more in business, normally, yeah.
1: even even larger business, but normally small business. You know, if you've got two uh, members of the organisation, two directors, and they both need to access. A, yeah. a bank account and they haven't got multiple logins depending on your bank hopefully your bank would be more modern uh, but maybe your wordpress account update your website or something like that where
0: you're sharing the login for the moment yeah um, and then another option if you don't want to uh, to go down the uh, the sort of typing and the code thing is something called uh, uh, a fido or web authentication key sometimes called u2f um and one of the common brands there is a key. Now, these are lovely little devices. Um, They... Again, it looks like a USB be, flash drive yeah exactly they seem to be getting more popular um and it's it's something that you plug into one of your USB ports and they've got uh USB-C ones which plug into the bottom of your mobile phone or NFC that you can tap on the back of the phone um so it's it does work on mobile devices as well and that does that second factor authentication without you having to type anything in without you having to get another device out and, and confirm yep. the login all you do plug it in if it's not already and then tap a little contact on it you don't have yes. to put in a password and it's not a fingerprint reader all it's saying is yes there is a human who can touch this thing physically where it is right now so in other words it stops you um for, from being able to leave it in the side of a laptop and then an attacker being able to remotely use it because it has to be touched by a human uh, or by by a warm piece of meat um, <laughs> at the time that the request <laughs> happens, um, uh. in order for it to uh, to trigger that authentication, that they're, they're incredibly secure little devices, much more so than you might think, um, just looking at it, because it, yeah. it takes all the authentication away from your computer, and it also links it to the website that you originally signed up for. So if you tried to sign up, uh, tried to set this up with Facebook, and then later got tricked with a phishing email into going to facebook.com or something like that um, then even if they could try and convince you to touch the authenticator it wouldn't present the same response and that couldn't be used to hijack your Facebook account so really powerful things yeah YubiKey other manufacturers available as well
1: y-u-b-i-k-e-y if you uh, look for the yubikey 5 nfc on amazon it's uh, 46 pounds which is about the same price as buying it directly from yubikey in euros sounds expensive but it is your digital key for everything and uh, you know it's as it's more secure than your front door key one thought though is have two yes (laughs) Uh, because if you break it then yeah it's useful to have a backup and uh, you know uh, things can get uh, broken when you actually have it in your pocket and uh, on your bunch of keys.
0: Yeah, that's all we've got time for this evening on The Gadget Guide. Les Ray will be up next after the news with uh, Strummers and Dreamers. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks' time with another episode of The Gadget Guide. In the meantime, have a good evening.